right, here we are. We're back for another low-end podcast. And I'm going to call this one Cover Me, because I plan on throwing in a few cover songs for your listening pleasure. So yeah, let's kick things off with a rant. I'm talking fast food drive through rant. How hard can it be to get fast food drive through right? Seriously. If they can get it right on the inside, why can't they get it right on the outside in the drive through the other day, you know, I have a, a, a Burger King right down the road from me, and I love to get me some tasty cheese sticks. And for whatever reason, they always forget to put the marinara sauce in there. So there's nothing worse than eating dry cheese sticks without marinara. So anyway, so I go through the drive-thru and I order me up a couple orders of cheese sticks to go with my combo meal. And I check in the bag just to make sure there's a couple deals in there, but they're face down. And I'm like, Score. I got the marinara sauce, so I'm good to go. So I get home, and I start eating. I eat the other food, and I get to my cheese sticks, and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And uh, so I go to open it up, and sure as shit, it's ranch sauce. Ranch. They managed to not give me marinara, but they gave me ranch. Oh, it's so infuriating. So anyways... That's that's my rant. I just don't understand why drive throughs can't get it right. They're all about, let's get it right on the inside, but then they're super slow in the drive through and they get it wrong. What they need is they need a process efficiency consultant like myself to come in there and get them all settled up and straight. Just saying, if any of you fast food moguls out there uh, need a professional to come in and help you out, I'm your guy. All right, let's uh, segue into the other night. I went and saw my boy Shane's record release show for his band called Via Vengeance. And it was a pretty uh, kick-ass show. Um, We go way back with Shane. Uh, We've been playing shows together with him for years, uh, my band Gomi. And we even did a tour together. Super, super stoked that he just came out with this new album. We, uh, I've had the pleasure of playing on a couple of his songs, uh, Prescription of Death, I did vocals for. And then when we toured, I got to play guitar and sing vocals on a closing song with him. And I really enjoyed that. I think it sounded really cool. But if you've never heard of Shane and Via Vengeance, he's a one-man doom band with no loops. He plays drums, guitar, and sings at the same time live. He also pretty much plays live on the recordings as well. He has a new album out, and it's called Distractions from the Truth. And it's super good, man. It's a slight departure from the other albums he's done, but it's it's really good. When he started sending me the demos early, I was super stoked for him because you can see the growth in his music. Um, it's still Doom, but he's stepping outside his box a little, which you know you can check out on iTunes, you can check out on Bandcamp or Spotify, any of your other music sources. Just look up Via Vengeance and you can check them out. As far as the show goes... The show was pretty awesome. A band called I Am Hologram opened up the show, and he's a one-man band, just like Shane. It actually was a night of one-man bands. But uh, I Am Hologram, he plays acoustic guitar, and he toys around with effects on his vocals, and he plays a drum machine and keyboards with each of his feet with his toes. Like, he has his shoes off, and he plays the drum machines and the keyboard with his toes while playing guitar, 
and messing with effects pedals on his vocals. Super cool, man. Super talented guy. I just have to say there's some creative talented mother, mother jumpers out there that I don't know how they do it, how they come up with these ideas, but I have a hard enough time just doing vocals and guitar. Yeah, and then in the middle was Page the Village Idiot, which we also go way back with him. We used to do shows back when Go Me first started. And he did his normal comedy-ridden tunes, like uh, Fanny Pack song, West Side song. So it was just vintage page. It was really good. And he was a segue for a blistering set from Shane, uh, which featured new songs and old. The set itself was a little short for me, but I think Shane was just having technical difficulties that night, and he just kind of did a short set. But all in all, it was still a great night of music. Saw a few friends out, like Todd from the new band Eat Crow, which we'll be playing with next month. Actually, February, in February. I'll get into some show dates later on. In other exciting news, and quite uh, unnerving news, I do have a physical job interview Monday. Uh, I'm super nervous about the job interview. It might be my first in-person job interview since losing my position at Nationwide. After my 20-year career at Nationwide and being a process consultant for 13 of those years, I went out on disability and they backfilled my position while I was out. And I applied for a few jobs within the company and I just couldn't even get past the recruiters despite having 13 years experience in the job I applied for and over 20 years with the company. Uh, it was very unnerving what, you know, the whole situation. I honestly have a suspicion the leaders in my own job torpedoed my application because that's the kind of people they are. And they're the main reason I had to go out on disability in, you know, in the first place. But uh, after that, I applied for a ton of jobs outside of the company but being that it's the fourth quarter, it's just, it's been really rough getting sniffs on jobs. I've had quite a few phone interviews, you know, going all the way to second, third interviews. But it's just, I don't know, it's nowadays phone interviews are kind of the norm and it's just less personable. You don't have the opportunity to, you know, show the company your, you know, your personable side and what kind of person you are, you know, instead of being a voice on the, on the phone. But I have another possible third interview with another company coming up uh, as well. I'm, my fingers really crossed because that could be a, a very positive situation for me as well. But uh, yeah, the I'm super nervous and I'm going to have to really focus over this weekend and, and prepare for the interview and kind of get my nerves in check. But that's what's happen, happening with me right now. I guess now we can segue into a cover song that Gomi self-produced and recorded at our home studio, basically. And this song is called Be Quiet and Drive by the band Deftones. And this song is a combination of how they played the song acoustically, uh, the studio album, and their live performances. We've played it acoustic live and electric live a few times, and we just decided to track a demo of it, you know, the way... We played it live, which was a combination of all three of, of those things. Yeah, so here we go. The song is called Be Quiet and Drive by the Deftones, a cover song uh, performed by the band Gomi. Be 
so there you go. Uh, that was the song Be Quiet and Dry by the one of my favorite all-time bands, the Deftones. Going way back to the 90s, uh, seeing and hearing how they, you know, how their sound has progressed over the years is damn impressive. I really enjoy listening to that band all the way from the beginning to what we hear now. All right, so let's segue into some sports. My boys in the Coyotes are kicking some serious ass this year. Their win last night, uh, Thursday night, put them in first place in the Pacific. And they are really fun to watch this year, and hopefully they can keep it up. I think having a team that is so solid with contributors on all four lines make them a tough team to play against, and they're just amazing on the road. And they've had a lot of overtime games, but, man, they're fun to watch. Also, uh, continuing on with sports, once again, the only two sports I watch are hockey and combat sports. So with combat sports, I'm talking boxing, MMA, wrestling, anything that has to do with combat sports. And right now, man, it's just a great time for fights if you're a fight fan. Uh, In the UFC, we have McGregor and Cerrone that was just announced. And I'm super bummed because I'm going to miss the the live fight because Zach and I will be at the Tool concert, which is awesome. I'm glad we're going to the Tool concert, but it just figures that this mega fight would be released on that date. But anyways, we'll we'll probably have to watch it the following day. And I'll be going dark on all media outlets and my phone until I get to watch it because I'm excited to hear what happens or watch what happens. I'm just I'm really excited for the possibilities if McGregor wins. Um, And I know the rumors, because the fight's at 170 instead of 155, uh, the rumor going around is that his team is saying that he wanted the 170-pound fight because he's a BMF, meaning that he wants that BMF title for Masvidal. So if he wins, it's more than than likely he's going to be facing Masvidal next or coming up soon. So we have a pretty interesting lineup at the 170-pound division in the UFC. We have Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz possibly coming out of retirement to face Masvidal. Masvidal just beating Nick's younger brother, Nate, for the BMF title. And Nick is threatening to come out of retirement, which I'm a huge Diaz fan. I've been a Diaz fan for many, many, many years. They just remind me of the dudes I grew up with. They're just they're fighters. They'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. You know, it's not a sport to them. They they grew up fighting, and that's what they do. So, if uh, yeah, if, if McGregor beats Cerrone, then I think he'll be facing Masvidal, or Masvidal may be facing the winner of the Usman Covington fight. So it's it's just super exciting, just for that one weight division. You know, in other weight divisions, we have Tony Ferguson versus uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov which I believe is their fifth time trying to face each other. Uh, Injuries have plagued all of those other fights that they were supposed to fight, but that's a super interesting fight as well. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Um, In other combat sports news, we have boxing, and the heavyweights are super exciting right now. Going back all the way to the 80s and 90s, it, this is one of the most exciting times since that era of boxing where we had Tyson and Holyfield and all these other heavyweight fighters. Uh, this weekend, we have Ruiz versus Joshua, and both fighters look to be pretty solid leading up to this one. 
And I think Joshua might have his head on his shoulders for this one, which will make for an interesting fight. He was compromised leading into that last fight where he was knocked out. And I think I'm going for the underdog Ruiz in this one. I think it's, I think it could be a, a standout fight for him. Prove that it wasn't a fluke the last time. And then coming down the road, we'll have the Wilder Fury fight after that. Man, that last fight was amazing. Um, will you know? Will Fury survive the bombs of Wilder? Uh, will that cut from the last fight Fury had come into play? Or will Fury simply box Wilder's face off and not allow that atomic bomb to touch his chin? I don't know. I think I'm going for Fury for the win on this one. I think he's going to outbox Wilder. Um, Wilder has kind of shown that you know he's been outboxed until he just drops that nuclear bomb on somebody's head. And I think uh, Fury's going to come in, slip in and move in, and Wilder isn't going to get to touch him. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. That sets up the winner of each of those fights to unify the lineal title and all of the belts. So it's a really amazing time in boxing heavyweights right now. And you guys should check it out if you're not tuning in. Let's see. Let's segue into another cover since this is the Cover Me Low End podcast. I'm going to play a snippet of a song by another super influential and important band for me. And that would be Soundgarden. This song is called Searching With My Good Eye Closed off of the Bad Motorfinger album. And it's another cover that Gomi self-produced and recorded at home. And I hope you enjoy it. it. It's just a snippet. It's like the first verse and chorus, but it's short and sweet. And I'll explain why after we come back. quick snippet of the song searching with my good eye closed by Soundgarden off the bad motorfinger album 
So a little inside info for those of you that don't get to see us live a lot. When we play that song, uh, it's actually a song called Recover. And in the middle of Recover, we decided to put in that Soundgarden part, almost as a joke, because we heard some other bands locally play Soundgarden songs. And I mean, come on, seriously, it's it's not easy to cover Chris Cornell. He's an amazing vocalist or was an amazing vocalist. So as a joke, we kind of put it in there and it actually didn't sound half bad. So we decided to keep it as part of the song. Uh, I don't know about permanently, but it's definitely every time we play it, we include that song as a little segue in the middle of the song recover. And yeah, so that was another song that we self-produced and self-recorded at the home studio. And I really dig it. Let's do another segue. Since my boy Jed is celebrating his birthday at Disney like he does every year, and he's visiting Galaxy's Edge this week, uh, maybe I should do a quick review of my trips we had over the summer to Disney. So the first trip we did was during the summertime, and it was my first trip to Disney ever, and it was Dean's first trip to Disney ever. And we all really enjoyed the park and all of the rides. Dean loved the roller coasters, which was cool. And of course I was there mainly to see the, you know, to experience galaxy's edge, the star Wars attraction. And for me, it was really over the top. The, the park was so detailed down to droid droid prints in the ground, all the Easter eggs and every nook and cranny of the place. It was just really amazing just to kind of soak it all in. And, but unfortunately that first time, well, not unfortunately, but that first time we got to go, it was during the three-hour window lottery system, and we were lucky enough to get in early, but we only had three hours to experience everything. And it was pretty packed. Um, we got to do everything that we wanted to do except for the Droid Depot and the Cantina. So after you know enjoying we you know we tried out the food we got to build the lightsabers we got to ride the millennium falcon you know walk around and do some stuff do a little bit of shopping the food was super tasty and pretty exotic looking the falcon ride was amazing as well it it was just so immersive we had a really good time i know my family really really enjoyed their time there as well so it was it was just a good time in general Fast forward a couple weeks, I decided, since I was off of work, to go ahead and pay for us to go back to Disney a second time before our California summer, you know, annual summer trip that we took, that we take. And we really wanted to hit up all the things we didn't get to do the first time because we'd have all day. At that point, they had opened up the park to everyone. It wasn't just the lottery people. And our main focus was just to get signed up for the lightsaber building again so that we can grab the lightsabers that we didn't get to get before, uh, building the droids, and signing up for the cantina. So those were the main highlights for the second trip. And I really wanted to take my time. We basically had eight hours. We spent around eight hours in the park just soaking up all of the Easter eggs and walking around and taking pictures and just really having a good time in the park. And we didn't get to do the cantina till almost nine o'clock at night. Uh, We signed up and it was already, 
you know, pretty filled up until late at the late at night. So we did get to go in the cantina and we got, we ordered drinks that gave us souvenir mugs, uh, glass mugs. They were out of, they were sold out of the Rancor flight. So, you know, like the, the cider flights, but eh, it was, it was all right. It was super late. So we were really tired. Dean was passed out and we were just kind of ready to get out of there at that point. But during the day, I had a, an interesting experience. Uh, we were, I, I went to, uh, to sit down on the ground. I was sitting next to a vendor while Liz and Dean went and rode the yellow submarine again. And I just noticed that I started getting really dizzy. I looked down at the ground and I was just shaking all over the place. Like I was real woozy. Then I heard over the walkie talkie that there was actually an earthquake and they had to shut down all of the rides and have the fire department come in and, you know, all of the, the work managers were checking all the rides to make sure there was nothing, you know, nothing down or broken, which really created a major traffic jam out in the rest of the park because nobody could ride any rides. There wasn't any rides open. So we just decided to head back to Galaxy's Edge at that point and kill some time and purchase some more souvenirs and, you know, just have a good time really taking pictures at the stuff. And, and not a lot of people went to galaxy's edge at that point. They just kind of hung out in the middle of the park instead of heading down to galaxy's edge. And after we did some shopping, we, we dropped off, I think it was around five or seven very large bags of stuff that we had purchased like lightsabers and the droids. And we purchased animals. We just, we bought a bunch of stuff, a bunch of star Wars stuff. And we dropped that off <laughs> and it was, it was really funny us trying to pick up all that stuff at the end of the day, going up to the main counter and, you know, saying, Hey, we're here to pick up our stuff. And they'd bring out two bags and we're like, Oh, we got a few more back there. And they'd bring out a couple more and we're like, Oh, that's still not it. We need, we have more, you know, more items to bring out. So we had, you know, like four bags for me and I think three for Liz and we're trying to get on the shuttle bus with all this stuff. And it's, you know, 10 o'clock at night, we're exhausted. It was just kind of a, it was a, an exhausting end to a very long and exhausting day. Let's see on a interesting, another interesting note is the following day we were staying at Liz's cousin's house up in uh, Hollywood, up in North Hollywood. And we were sitting out on the back patio having lunch and kind of just talking to ourselves. And we noticed the lampshades above us started swaying back and forth. And then I looked over and I could see the trees moving. And then the water in the pool started like waving up and sloshing out of the pool. And that's when we realized we're in the middle of an earthquake. And it lasted a super long time. It was like 30 seconds long. It was really long. And it ended up being one of the bigger earthquakes that California has had in a long time. So I can say that I survived two California earthquakes. And... All in all, it was a great summer of trips with the family, and it really helped with my disabilities, uh, my mental disabilities, uh, giving me practice being in crowds and helping me deal with situations, which at the time I was, you know, in the middle of my nervous breakdown. So it was very helpful and kind of a test for me to get out there and, and do some stuff. All right. I think it's about time to kind of wrap this one up. We're around 30 minutes again. And I'd just like to remind everybody that Gomi has three shows booked for 2020 so far. 
uh, January 25th at the Corners Pasty in Tempe with El Googly Diablo and our other good friends, The Bittersweet Way. On February 21st, we have a show at Rip's Bar with the band Eat Crow, Noonday Devils, and Emperor Asshole. Three really cool bands that we've done a few shows with. This show and this lineup, we were actually supposed to play earlier this year, and something got happened where it was double booked, so we didn't get to play the show. So this is a follow-up to that show. And then finally, on March 28th, we're playing Gypsy's Roadhouse with a Nirvana cover band called Nirvana. So three months in a row, we have shows coming up. I'm working on booking more. So hopefully uh, we can make that happen. And as usual, a quick sponsor note uh, for Nice Dreams CBD oil. You can uh, purchase CBD products on their site at NiceDreamsCBD.com. And if you use the code LOWEND, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So once again, I use this product and absolutely love it. Uh, I've used the the drops sublingually. I've used the gummies. I've used the lotions and the bath bombs. The, the drops are where it's at. That's where you're going to get the most potent, uh, you know, form of it. And it has the most benefits for me, for sure. Um, it helps with sleep, anxiety, inflammation, and all around good health. It's non-THC, so you don't get that, you know, psychoactive effects from the THC or marijuana use. So once again, NiceDreamCBD.com and use the code LOWEND for 20% off. And with that said, I'm going to close out with another cover song. And this song is called Disarm by another influential band for me, the Smashing Pumpkins. And as you all probably know, the 90s era grunge is my favorite era of music. Um, The last podcast, I talked about how music can take you back to moments in life. And I just remember sitting in front of my radio on my bed for hours listening to music, you know, and in the car hearing Soundgarden on my boat, the Pumpkin Smasher, named after the band and because it was orange, uh, listening to Alice in Chains, etc., Nirvana. It was just a very impactful time in my life. So this song is uh, a self-recorded demo I did at the house. Um, I'm doing all the instruments, the drums and everything. And I'm going to replace the outro music for the podcast uh, with this song. So, you know, once you hear the song, that'll be the end of the podcast. And I guess that's it. Until next time, I hope to do a podcast very soon with uh, some friends. And to take us out, here's the song Disarm by the Smashing Pumpkins, covered by yours truly. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>